Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Hey, huge fan. Been following for a while. Just have a quick question. By any chance, are you former Ravens Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco? For the 37th time, I am not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco, the podcast. Two segments today. It's been a while since I've done two segments. Talking Jamal Adams. A little bit of the Christian McCaffrey in there, but Jamal Adams contract. And also, why do we need a Tom Brady documentary? Do we know everything? We get it. He's not going to give us any new info. But... We're getting it. Nine episodes. Let's get into the pod. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subbed. Make sure you write a review. I'm so close to 200 reviews. It's just a nice, beautiful round number. Let's get into the pod. Thanks for listening. Okay, so it's come out in the last day or two that Tom Brady, following the success of the Michael Jordan quote-unquote documentary, The Last Dance, is getting his own nine-part, nine, nine-part documentary. Like, what the fuck are they going to talk about? Like, at least with Jordan, right? With Jordan, you've got North Carolina. You've got getting passed over in the draft for Sam Bowie. You've got the shoes and Nike. You've got all the drama with the Pistons. You've got the drama with Isaiah Thomas. You've got the Dream Team. You've got three titles. You, his dad dies. You, 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 a year and a half off for baseball. You've got the, all the baseball years. Then you've got more titles and the flu game. Like, there's actual, like, drama here. And, oh, by the way, we haven't talked about Jordan's career in this kind of detail for 20 years Brady's playing right now what is there to talk about because you're not I mean Jordan is Jordan is competitive to a fault right like he's alienated people in his life Charles Barkley as a as a professional commentator said that he didn't think uh, that he thought Jordan needed to fire all the ass kissers. And what does Jordan do except prove him right <laughs> by by cutting off contact with Barkley? Jordan is Jordan is his his Achilles heel, his fault, his personality flaw. You know, go back to his Hall of Fame speech. It's just one long you guys fucking suck. It's not even like I'm great. It's just you suck. And he leaves these people, he just leaves people by the side of the road and just like disembowels them. 
because that's who he is as a competitor, and it's honest. With I mean, like, are we going to get any stories from the Patriots on Brady, like, knocking out Julian Edelman? Or, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah, is, he, is, is Brady ever punched anybody on the team? He's certainly not punching anybody on the fucking defense. Right? I mean, like, you know, Jordan Jordan was the alpha of that team. And, there, and, and also, this is all, everything that we saw in the Jordan documentary was, even though Jordan had control of it and could tweak it, there's enough there that you can't not show some of the bad stuff. Right? Like, you've, You've got it. Everybody knows the story about him punching Steve Kerr. Everybody knows about the gambling. Everybody knows about, you know, the the beef with Isaiah Thomas. And they can, like, add some color to, to all this stuff. But, like, with Brady, again, what the fuck are we going to be watching? Because we're not getting anything. Like, we're not getting anything about Deflategate that's going to be, you know, listen. I don't think Deflategate was a thing, but they're not going to dive into it because Brady's got control over this, even if it was a thing, right? They're not going to get anything of, like, substance about Spygate. What would you think about Spygate? Oh, well, you know, we didn't do it. Okay, well, great. On to episode four. We're not going to get it. Like, not even the personal stuff. With Jordan, there's, like, personal stuff that, you know, uh, even with his dad or, you know, he's been divorced. There's, like... You know, his personal relationships with other NBA players. NFL players just aren't as close with each other as the NBA guys are. There's just too many guys on the team and too many different guys. And, you know, not a lot of shared, you know, uh, lifestyles growing up and stuff like that. But with with the basketball, or with basketball, you know, these guys tend to have more in common. And on top of that... There's like real animosity. Like these guys have been playing against each other sometimes since they were like 12 and 13. Like they've they've known each other for a lifetime. And with it, they that brings drama. What what, what are we gonna like what, Brady drops in the draft? How'd that feel? Well, you know, I thought I always knew I could play. Boom, on to episode two. Where like where is it? Where's the drama? We're gonna get something on his mom and her and her breast cancer recovery, I'm sure, and how that impacted him, and that'll be part of it. But we're not getting an episode about you know uh, him breaking up with Bridget Moynihan while she was pregnant with his kid. Like, there's just Brady's too protective of that stuff, and we're and we're too in the moment right now. Twenty years from now, maybe we'd be interested in it. But the other thing that Jordan, we didn't have, you know, Jordan didn't post on Instagram, you know, a couple times a week with edited videos and everything else showing how, like, how chill and laid back he is or what a good daddy is or any of this other stuff. No, because it wasn't around. We didn't know Jordan like we know Brady. And because of that, there's even less to tell, right? We're so, we're used to seeing pics of Brady with his family. We're used to seeing... Well, I mean, like we're we're used to seeing him kissing his son on the on the mouth, um, you know. But like, we don't. We never had that with Jordan. So again, what the fuck are we gonna be talking about here for nine episodes? 
two, you could handle Brady in three. Four, maybe. Four could stretch it. You don't need nine. Guy grew up upper middle class, went to a great school, wasn't, you know, wasn't terribly great. Sat for, got drafted in the sixth round, sat for a year, had starting quarterback, got injured, he got plugged in. And then show me the adversity. Show me what he struggled up against during those, because he didn't. He had the best coach in the, in the world. He ended up turning into the best quarterback that we've ever seen. But where's the drama? I can't, like, I'm just going to, uh, listen, when it comes on, I'll wait for the meme, the memes to pop up, and I'll bang out some memes. But I don't see myself watching this. Certainly the not the way that, you know, um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll re-watch. I'll watch and re-watch the Jordan documentary. And again, it's not really a fucking documentary because Jordan had like complete final say-so and all this other stuff. So nothing went in there without him being like, oh, okay, I can live with this. I can live with Scottie Pippen hating me. I can live with me talk, trashing Scottie Burrell. I can live with kind of the blowback of all this other stuff. But, you know, we'll, we'll, it remains to be seen. We'll see if, if Brady's... Uh, We'll see if Brady's up for any kind of, you know, pushback. And and by pushback, I mean like a, a narrative that's counter to what we already think about Brady. And I'd be and, and listen, the only thing that the snippets I'll be interested in are what do you say about Spygate? What do you say about the flight gate? That's it. I mean, the guy's had a radio show for 15 years. He's already answered all these questions. Again, I don't, you know, and it's not like the nice thing about the, the the Jordan one was that there was a specific camera crew following him around for that final season. They've the, the Patriots have never allowed that kind of access. I mean, they did the, the Belichick documentary, I guess, but like they don't allow that kind of access. We don't have the the miles of tape on Brady that we all haven't already seen. So, anyways. As you can tell, I'm not particularly excited for it, but there's going to be some memes that come out about it, and I'll be right there, banging them out. Six, seven, eight, nine memes in a day. If it's good, if it's a good, solid one, those those are the good days, man. Because it's going to be an off season thing, and you know how starved me and my people get during the off season. Okay, so let me just lay out a scenario for you, real quick. I will use me. I'll just it'll just be me. This isn't autobiographical, but let's just lay it out real quick. I say to my girlfriend, "Baby, I love you. You mean the world to me. You're my destiny. I want to marry you." And she says, "Great. It's customary for you to give me a ring." And I say, that's cool and all, but what if instead of a ring, you hook me up with your friend? And then she says, that doesn't sound like you want to get married. And then I say, why are you acting like such a bitch all of a sudden? End of scene. Now, does that, that's basically how NFL contract negotiations go. Because Jamal Adams is dealing with this right now. 
The Jets GM says, we want to make him a Jet for life. That's the let's get married. Jamal Adams goes, bet. I, I could use an extension. I'm one of the best safeties in football, if not the best safety in football. And then the Jets come back and say, right, but what if we traded you to the Cowboys? And then Jamal Adams goes, no, uh, you know, I mean, you know, if if you gotta, but, you know, I want to be the top paid safety in football because I'm young and great, and that's what happens when you've got a young, great safety. They want to be the highest paid player in their position. Who wouldn't want to be? And then the Jets come back with, Why are you being such a bitch? Why are you asking for so much money? How the fuck does this work? And let me just take this a step further back. The Jets drafted Jamal Adams, like, top ten, six overall. If I'm off by a pick or two, go fuck yourselves. So the Jets draft this guy, six overall. He makes an all-pro team, so... Best safety in the league one year. Two other Pro Bowls. In just three years. This is like Hall of Fame track level stuff. You couldn't ask for anything better. Unless, you know, you drafted him in like the sixth round. And you'd saved even more money. But you're getting a fucking deal. The draft is a coin flip at best. And the... The Jets flipped the coin, and it came up fucking diamonds. Threw a quarter up in the air, and down comes a diamond. They've got the best safety in football. And they've already invested huge draft capital in him. They're going to give him the fifth-year option. They've already picked that up. If they can't come to a contract, they're going to franchise tag him. So they're going to make him the highest-paid safety in football, kind of whether they like it or not, or they're going to trade him. But why would you, why, if, if flipping the coin, let's just go back to the flipping the coin thing. If I flip a coin and I go, tails, he fails, right? Tails, the entire thing's a bust and I don't have to do worry about doing anything ever again. And he's off the team. But if heads I win, and he's amazing, and he's also off the team, what the fuck am I even doing here? How much sense does that make? I'm, I've, the Jets have been given this wonderful number six pick in the draft because they've been terrible, and the league wants the teams to be even, and they want them to get. So they think the worst team should get the best talent, so they've got the best chance of competing sooner. And then the Jets go, it's been three years. I think we should think about trading him while he's really good. There's such thing as trading a guy a year too early rather than a year too late. I get that. But with Adams, I think it might be seven years too early. So you make this amazing draft pick. The guy turns into exactly who you want him to turn into. 
best safety in football. And then you act surprised when he says, yep, best safety in football, now pay me my money. And they go, whoa, bro, it's a little forward. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's necessary. We have you under control for the next two to three years minimum. So we're just going to ride it out. Okay, but what about that jet for life thing? Did you want to make me a jet for life now? Or are you just waiting to make sure I don't get hurt in a couple of years? Because if it's the second thing, just say it's the second thing. And say, we love Jamal. But football's a violent sport. And Duke could get hurt. And then we're out all this money and all this shit, all this shit on top of it. So a sliver of honesty here would really be helpful. I think for both sides, because at least then Jamal would be like, well, you know, they're going to make me wait. If I want real money, I got to either force a trade or hold out. Because that's where we're headed. This is where we're always headed. But this brings me back to a topic that is near and dear to my heart. But look at the way that the Jets are handling Jamal Adams. They have a player who was drafted in the top 10 of the 2017 draft. He just finished his third season. He's been amazing. He's the best in the game at his position. And they're saying, yeah, let's pump the brakes a little bit. We have him under control for the fourth year, the fifth year, and we could franchise him for a sixth year. So we really have basically a six-year. We got three more years of commitment with Jamal. Or he can just stop playing football. Which is the exact same scenario that the Panthers were in with Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey was taken just two picks later. The difference is McCaffrey plays a position with a much shorter shelf life. And so there's even more risk in signing him to a long-term deal two years before the deal kicks in. So I'm going to just ask you again, why the fuck did Christian McCaffrey get that contract? I get that he's amazing. Not taking anything away from him. I wish he would have gotten paid like first round picks used to get paid when I was a kid, which was they got their money up front. Right? Okay, I don't get to be a free agent. No problem. Right? You're going to tell me who I have to play with? No problem. You're going to tell me that I don't get to play one team off another? No problem. But don't also tell me how much money I get to make. Because that's what the NFL is doing right now. They say, here's who you're playing for. Here's how long you're in the contract. And here's how much money you're making. Take it or leave it. And listen, these guys have to take One it. One moment. I don't know what Siri's problem was, but Siri jumped into the, the podcast real quick right there. So, anyways, we've got McCaffrey and Adams, and the teams are the teams should be handling this 
in the exact opposite scenario, given the positions that these guys play, you can expect Jamal Jamal Adams to have a 10-year career. Throw him a five-year deal right now. Doesn't kick in for two years. You're good. Throw him the deal. But don't give it to the running back. That doesn't make any sense. Anyways, I doubt this is the last time I'm talking about either Jamal Adams or Christian McCaffrey. Because when the deal actually gets done or they trade him, I'll have more shit to say. And hopefully it'll be a slightly different take. But the way that they were handling the Jamal Adams, the, the way that they're handling this right now just doesn't make sense. But it makes it doesn't make sense in a different way than the way that the McCaffrey thing doesn't make sense. And it's weird that one team should be doing, like the Jets should be doing what the Panthers did, and the Panthers should be doing what the Jets did. But they're not. So, anyways, thanks for listening, guys. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.